Let's just uh, get started. Um, if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Exodus chapter 3 or turn it on, whatever you have. That's what uh, Jared says at uh, Sif and I when, they, uh, when the preacher gets up to speak. He says, uh, get out your Bibles and turn them on. So um, I guess it's a new time that we live in. So, so I'll be uh, reading out of Exodus 3, um, chapter 3, and I'll be reading through uh, half of verse 8. And uh, this is Moses talking, and just to set it up, this is um, the first three verses is just kind of when Moses comes, and he's uh, walking along, and he sees a, a burning bush, and, and this is what he says. He says, this is amazing, Moses says, says to himself, why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming and take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, do not come any closer. The Lord warned, take off your sandals for you are on, you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then God told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard the cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out to Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to stop there because I'm not even going to try to read all the names. So, um, but, uh, anyways, what I, like I said, what I want to speak to you tonight is on vision. And uh, when I looked up the definition for vision, it's got a few different kind of uh, definitions, a few different parts. But um, I'm going to be speaking to you, I guess, kind of as a vision like uh, Moses had in the burning bush, a vision like what we physically see. But the main part that I'm going to be speaking on is. Uh, the, the, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And uh, the explanation of that is, is the uh, organization had lost its vision and direction. So uh, we, when we read there in Exodus chapter 3, and it, uh, it talks about, you know, what first thing I want to ask is what is God's vision for us? And uh, we as a, as a body, we should all have a vision. We as, uh, as, as parents, as uh, and relationships and whatever place we're in, we are in our life, we should all have a vision. But the first part of the vision that I want to I want to talk to you about is uh, is is the the vision for the church that God has for the church, and uh, the church should share the same vision. And uh, if we do not share the same vision as our pastor or as our leaders. Um, we can hinder what God has called us to. We can hinder um, what, what God is leading us to. We can hinder what God is wanting to take his church into. If we read in um, Exodus chapter uh, 28, and she hears a dad speaking, that's okay. Um, if, we, if, we, if we read in Exodus chapter 32, verse 28, it talks about when, when the people kind of rebelled against the vision that God had given Moses... Uh, there at the burning bush, when when he gave when he gave Moses that vision, and, and he went after the the, uh, the Is- Israelites. When we read there, and the people turned their back on that vision, three thousand people died because the Israelites split that day. Three thousand people died because they turned from the vision that God had followed. So when the church, if the church does not catch the vision of the pastor, or if the church loses, and I'm going to speak in a little bit how we lose the vision. You know, so many times we, we get side of, of something and, and, and we got on board with something and, and we, we, we have fire, you know, and we're ready to go. We're ready to, we're ready to see what God is, is going to do in our church. And, and we, might, we might get on, uh, on board with our pastor, 
But when we lose that vision, there is great danger in losing the vision that God has given our pastor. You're here for a reason tonight. You're in this place for a reason. You serve at this church for a reason. So if, we, if God has brought you here, then God has brought you here to follow the vision of our pastor and follow the vision of our leaders. Amen? Um, you know, the next thing I want to talk, I want to talk to the teenagers just for a second for uh, a short, just a, a little something. If, if we, we think we're too young and God hasn't, reveal the vision that that he has for us yet first off i don't believe that anybody in this place is too young to to have a vision and for god to give a vision uh jeremiah was at a young age when god called him to the great work that god called him to david was very young when god called him to a great vision and to the great work that that god called him had god called him to but david was serving someone else's vision before god revealed the vision that he had before God revealed that his vision for him was to be king. David was serving his father's vision. David was out in the, in the fields and in the pastures and he was tending to his father's sheep. So, so tonight, if you, if you think you say I'm too young or, or God hasn't revealed that, that complete vision, um, to me yet, or my complete calling, well then find, find someone that, that you, that is your mentor, find your, your parents, find your, your youth pastors, find your pastor and get on board with that vision. Amen. So, um, we should all have a vision. Um, the Bible is full of visions. It's full of instructions. Um, it's, uh, one of the, one of the, the biggest visions is we are to be holy like God is holy. Um, we are called to be Christ-like. Jesus came um, to seek that which was lost. He, uh, he, he came to seek the sick. He came to, to heal the sick. He came to feed the hungry. He came to save the lost. The list goes on and on of visions that God has for the church. So you, if you say tonight, well, I don't really have a specific vision. I haven't really been called to, to preach or I haven't been called to teach or I haven't been called to, to lead worship or or I haven't been called to be a youth pastor, or whatever that is, that you haven't come into your full calling. There is full, the Bible is full of vision. The Bible is full of instructions. The Bible is full of, of, of guidance. And, uh, you know, we are called to seek the, the lost. And I know it sounds so simple. I know this word might be an elementary word, but but I think that God is, is wanting us to get back to the, the fundamentals of what we are called to do. Because so many times we get our eyes, and I'll get to it here in a second, but so many times we get our eyes on these, on these big world-changing visions. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we lose sight. You know, so many times we get our eyes on on a revival or, or we get our, our, eye, our eyes on signs and wonders or we, we get our eyes on, on, on prophecies or whatever. And we're not even doing what the Word is calling us to do. We're not even reaching the lost in this city that God is calling us to do. So don't you think that, that before God is going to um, fulfill the, the fullness of the vision, that we need to get back to the basics and we need to get back to reaching the lost like Jesus was called. Amen? Um, we, we need to get our visions in order. We have visions that we think will glorify God. Um, but we can't even be a light to the city, much less the world. Um, you know, some of our visions, they, they're, they're selfish. You know, some of our visions for, for so long, um, I've, I've been in the, I mean, I've been raised in the church, but I've been in the ministry for, I guess, I don't know, five or six years now. And, and for so long, like I chased what I thought was my vision, you know, and it might be a vision for God, but for so long, I chased those big, like, you know, auditoriums filled with people, you know, for so long I chase, you know, traveling was set free and, and, and on the road. And, and at times, you know, I was chasing what I thought was a good thing, but at times I lost sight 
of, of what God was really calling me. And my, my motives for those visions, my motives for what I, what I wanted to do were selfish. They were for my glory. They were, they were because I wanted to chase what I wanted to chase. I thought that I, I would, you know, I mean, in, my, in the back of my mind, in my heart, I wanted to bring God glory. But if I got down to, you know, the root, I was being selfish. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to, to, you know, lead worship to 10 people. I didn't want to lead worship to, to 50 people. I wanted to lead worship to thousands, you know, and, uh, through a lot of, through a lot of this word and, and through, uh, kind of God directed me to, to lead this, I realized, you know, Hey, God's got me, God's got a vision for me here. You know, God's got a vision for me wherever he has me at the time. God's got a vision for me in Longview, Texas, at the salon that I work at, not Dallas, Texas. God's got a vision for me in Gladewater, Texas, where I'm leading worship, not Dallas, Texas, not, not halfway across the world. Amen? So if you, if tonight, if, if you're in a place and you, and you are seeking something bigger or you're discontent with the vision that God has, has given you and you're seeking something bigger, you're seeking some, something more, Maybe, maybe that's not God's vision for your life right now. You know, maybe that's not where God is wanting to take you right now. Maybe that's not where God is wanting to take this church right now. You know, uh, so many times we, we get our eyes on numbers and, and we say, Oh God, if we can just have 200 people in here, we can reach more souls. You know, well maybe God wants to build a foundation here. You know, maybe God wants to build for, for this core group to reach and to to, to get a hold of the vision before we can go out. Amen? Before we can have this place full. Um, again, why would God send us out for these big visions when we can't even witness to our co-workers? You know, it goes back to, to, to the Bible that, that instructs us to seek the lost, to, to find the people that are lost, to find the people that are hurting. Why would God call me to reach 10,000 people in a stadium or 20,000 people in a stadium when I can't witness to the lady that I work with next to, next to me at the hair salon? Why would God call me into these big visions when I can't when I can't witness to the cashier at the gas station or one of my coworkers or, or teenagers, why would God take you to, to this big world-changing vision right now or this big world-changing um, experience when we can't even reach the people that are in school with us, the people that sit right next to us every single day? So we really... And I know that it's, it's repetitive, but we really need to grasp and get, grab a hold of these visions that, that seem insignificant. Um, and I'm not saying that the big uh, world-changing visions aren't of God, you know, but when we start looking... You know, when we start looking at those, instead of what God has us, instead of like the, the stuff that seems insignificant or the stuff that seems messy or the stuff that we don't want to do, it's a distraction from, from where God has us now when, we, when we're looking at where we want to be or where we think God might take us in the future. Um, you know, David, I'm sure, uh, didn't, um, when he was serving his father's vision, you know, tending to the sheep, I'm sure he had no idea that he was one day going to become king. But he was faithful. He was faithful tending to the sheep. I'm sure that he wanted to be somewhere else. You know, David liked to fight giants and he liked to kill bears and, you know, uh, and lions and stuff like that. I'm sure he would rather be doing that. I would. You know, than watching sheep. That seems a little boring, but, you know, God called him to that. And God called him to serve his father's vision. So that's what he did. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are tonight. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter um, how old you are, how young you are. God is not done with anyone in this place tonight. 
Amen. God is not through with the vision that he has called. We always, as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as we have a voice to speak, as long as we can be a witness, God is calling us. God is calling each and every one of us. Teenagers, listen to me. God is calling. You say, I've got enough time. You know, I'm, I'm a teenager. I've got all the time I need. Right now is the time to rise up. Right now is the time to catch a hold of the vision. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You know, if we can reach one soul in this Gladewater School District from our, our willingness just to serve God's vision, even though it's not, it's not something that we think is, is big enough, if we can reach one soul, that's, that's awesome, you know? Um, God's vision for us, if we read in Exodus 3, um, God's vision for us is about freedom. Um, when it, when it, read in Exodus 3 uh, between... Uh, verse 3 and, and 8, when, when God showed up to Moses in the burning bush, and, um, and the, whole, the whole reason that God sent Moses there is because he's, God said, I realize and I see the slavery that my people are in. I see the bondage that my people are in. And I want to send you to set them free. God's vision for us is freedom. Amen. God, if you're, in, if you're in bondage tonight, if you have sin binding your life, if, you're, if you have chains holding you back from where God is wanting to take you, God's vision for you and for every single one of us, for me, is about freedom. God wanted to set, the peop- set those people free so that he could take them to a land, so he could take them out of the, out of the slums they were in, out of the slavery they, slavery they were in, out of the bondages they were in, and he wanted to take them to their own land. Amen. God wants to take you to a place. He wants to take you to a place of freedom. He wants to take you to a place of joy. He wants to take you to a place of hope. He wants to take you to a place of redemption. I don't know what, if, what, whatever you're dealing with tonight, whatever you came in here bound with, whatever you came in here carrying, if it's not of God, then it's not the will of God for your life. It's not the vision that God has for you. See, this part of, this part of what, what I'm talking about right now is not just the vision that God is giving us, but this is the vision that God has for us. God has a vision for your life. Not only does he have a vision for you to go reach, but he has a vision for you. He has a calling for you. And that vision is about freedom. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God wants to set you free so that, so that you can fulfill what he's calling you to do? Amen. That's awesome. I don't know about you guys, but that's awesome. Sometimes our vision... And I'm going a little fast here, and, I, and my dad told me I would. And so uh, if, if I finish in 15 minutes, I don't know. We might just worship God. I don't know. But uh, sometimes our vision evolves. This is the first time I've, I've spoke, so I guess the, I just need to slow down and enjoy it. Um, I was talking to Jared when he was, uh, he, Jared spoke for the first time at CFNI. Man, that dude did an awesome job. He's got to come here and speak for us because, I mean, God is doing something in that boy's life. But... He, uh, you know, I was, he was talking before and he was like, I just don't want to rush through everything. And so anyways, I kind of had a word, word of prayer with him and, and, uh, he, he did good. He, he spoke for like 20 minutes. So I'm going to try to see if I could do that, do at least 20 minutes. Keep, I got to keep up with Jared, you know, he's younger than I am. So, uh, sometimes our vision evolves into something else. God doesn't always show the whole vision to us. Um, David, I, I touched on a little bit earlier, when David was tending to his sheep, he probably didn't know that God was going to call him to be king. I know he, I'm 
I'm almost positive that he didn't know. I didn't know him, but um, if I was guessing, I would bet he didn't know he was going to become king. And even when God revealed that little bit of the vision to him, he probably didn't know that he was going to build a tabernacle for the presence of God to dwell in. You know, when he, when he came, he became king. He was just like, "Man, God, this this vision's awesome. You know, this vision that you've given me, it's it's great. I'm excited about this." And uh, so he was faithful in that. And then all of a sudden, God reveals to him, "You know what? I want you to bring." Or, I'm sorry. David didn't build a tabernacle for the for the presence of God. He brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. I'll get to the tabernacle here in a second. He he brought that he brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, and I'll also get back get to the uh, the the David building later on. Um, but he he probably didn't know that he was going to God was going to call him to when when he was anointed to be king. He probably didn't know that God was going to call him to bring the Ark of the Covenant. You know. Um, back into Jerusalem and restore the presence of God there where, where it's supposed to be. So tonight, if you're serving a vision and, and you think it seems small, God hasn't shown you the fullness of that vision yet. I promise you that. I promise you that God hasn't shown me the fullness of the vision for this worship team. I promise you that God hasn't shown our pastor the fullness of the vision for this church. We don't have a clue what God's, what God's got in store. But I promise you, if we serve and we are faithful to the vision that God is giving us, then we will, we will move on to the next part of the vision. We will move on to the fullness of the vision. But if we don't, then we're going to stay right where we're at. And we might spiritually die. Just like the 3,000 died in Exodus, we might die. If we, if we continue to hold on to the vision that God has for us right now, and we don't want to move forward, or we lose sight of that vision, we're not, we're not going to move forward. We're not going to see the fullness of that vision. Just like Moses, uh, Moses probably did not know. Here's the tabernacle. Moses didn't know when he seen God in the burning bush that he was going to build a tabernacle for the presence of God. He didn't know that. He, he's walking along one day. God shows up in a burning bush. And God tells him, first, first of all, I want you to go set my people free. Because they need to be free. I got, I got somewhere to, somewhere to take them. I've got a vision for them. So that's all Moses knew right then. That's all, that's the only part of the vision he had was, was just to, to, to set the people of God free. Well, later on, God shows him all kinds of other stuff and he's to build a tabernacle for the presence of God. Amen. I think that that's our vision. So I think that's God's vision for us sometimes is to build a tabernacle in this place for his presence. Amen. That's, I promise you that's God's will for our life is to build a tabernacle for his presence. Not to, not to just see a next great revival. Not just to see signs and wonders happen. Not just to see, um, this place be full with numbers, but to see this place be full of, with lost souls. And to see this place full of the presence of God. Amen. Um, so, uh, the next thing I want to talk about is what happens when we lose God's vision. And we touched, I touched on it just a little bit earlier. But uh, what happens when we lose God's vision? If you'll go with me, it's real short. If you want to, you go with me. If not, I'll just read it. It's um, Proverbs. Um, Proverbs 29 and 18. And it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he that keepeth the law. Happy is he. I'm going to read that again, just the first part. Where there is no vision, the people perish. If we ignore the vision of God, we might not physically die. But the word of God says that where we have no vision, this is not me talking, this is the word of God. How many believe in the word of God? Amen? Me too. So the word of God says where there is no vision, the people will perish. So if you've had a vision and if you lost it, you've got no vision, right? 
Okay, so if you never had a vision and you still have no vision, then you have no vision. Okay, so what the word of God says is where the people have no vision, they will perish. It doesn't say they might perish. It doesn't say that, that, that sometime will perish. It says we will perish. So you might not die physically tonight, but I promise you that if you don't have a vision and if you're not following the vision of God, you will die spiritually. Amen. Um, our marriages will die. Our, our um, relationships will die. Our ministries will die. Everything in our lives that line up with the word of God, it'll die. And uh, I'm kind of, when, when, when I was preparing this part of the, of the message, it's, it's crazy because God showed me this, like, I don't know, uh, when I, I, I just, I don't know why I even did it, but my dad was looking for someone to, uh, my brother was supposed to be gone, and my dad was looking uh Wondering what he was going to do to fill tonight. And I was like, I'll, I just spoke up. I'll, I'll teach. I don't know why, but, that, you know, that's what I did. So, anyways, I, and Stephen looks at me. And Stephen's like, do you have a word to, to, to teach? I'm like, and so I didn't lie. I mean, I have a, a ton of words that I could speak. So I was like, yeah, I do. I didn't. I didn't really. But um, I figured I would speak on something like about worship or something because I'm a worship pastor. But I got home and it was on a Sunday afternoon. And I got home and I just started praying and seeking God. And God drops Proverbs 9, uh, 29 and 18 in my spirit. And it's cool because Jessica and I have been watching this series, Ed Young, and uh, that Ed Young's doing on marriage. And, and when I got to this part of the sermon, or the lesson, whatever you want to call it, um, I don't like to call it sermon. You know, I'm not a preacher. I, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm just up here speaking God's word. So um, when I got to this part of, of the sermon, of the lesson, um, this really spoke to me because... It, you know, when I, if, if we have no vision, parents, listen to me tonight, okay? Listen to me. If we have no vision in our marriage, and I, I'm a young, I, I'm young, you know, I'm only 27. I've only been married for, for six years, so I've, I've, I've got a six-month little old baby. And, um, you know, so you can, you can set up here and think that I don't know what I'm talking about, or you can set up here and, and take this as a word from the Lord. But if you have no vision in your marriage, sometimes when, when we get married and, and we have kids or, uh, you know, until we have kids, everything's perfect. But when we have kids, we start focusing. We, we lose the vision that God has called us to in our marriage, which is our spouse. As like Ed Young uh, said with, through the word of God, um, we're, we're training our kids to leave. And once our kids leave, our spouses stay. So what happens in, in our marriages is we, we lose the vision that, that we're supposed to have, that God has ordained the vision for marriage. We lose that vision and we start focusing in on our kids. And we start spending all of this time on our kids. We start spending all of this time while they're going through sports, while they're going through school. You know, we, we want them to feel loved. We want them to feel special. And we want to make sure we're doing a good job. So we start spending all this time, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. But what we do is we lose sight of the vision that God has called for our marriage. We lose sight of our spouses, husbands. We lose sight of our wives. Wives, we lose sight of our husbands. And it's all about the kids. Everything's about the kids. So what happens when the kids are 18 and, and, and they're, they're grown and they went off to college? We've lost our vision for marriage. And the Bible says that where there is no vision, the people will perish. So when the kids leave, we have no vision for our marriage. And all of a sudden we realize, hey, I don't even really know my spouse. I don't even really know my husband. I don't really know my wife. And I don't know who that's for tonight. It might just be for me. I don't know. I'm, 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 a, I'm a young um, parent, so maybe, maybe God is just speaking to me. But if that's for you tonight, don't lose sight of the vision that God has for your marriage. Amen? Because where there is no vision, the people will perish. The marriage will perish. Amen?
Sydney's preaching with me. She must have got something out of it. Um, in Exodus chapter 2, 32, um, they lost the sight of the vision, that God, the vision that God had given them, and they started worshiping other idols. Uh, when we lose sight of our God-given vision, we start to worship and seek our own visions. And uh, doesn't that sound just like us? These people in, in, um, in chapter 32 of Exodus, they, they lose sight of, of the vision that God had given them for whatever reason. Um, they, they lost sight of it. And they start, they start making their own idols, you know, and, and sometimes we make idols out of our work, out of our career. Sometimes we make idols out of our relationships. Sometimes we even make idols out of our ministry. I've been guilty of making idols out of, out of this worship team, or I've been guilty out of, out of making idols out of, out of set free, um, and trying to do things my way, you know, um, so it's important that even though we think that we're doing an okay thing, we're, we're focusing on our careers. We're focusing on our on our um, marriages. We're focusing on our on on everything else that we think is is okay. You know, it's important that we don't make idols out of those because when we make idols out of those, that's when we lose sight of the vision of God and we start making idols out of every single thing in our life. We start chasing that. Oh God, you know, if 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 this if my ministry could just take off, that that that'll be a vision. You know, and we 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 put our vision on that. Or God, if we can. If I can just get done with this, uh, with this one project, you know, that, that, that I have, you know, if I can just get, get done with this one thing, I can get back to the vision. And, uh, let me see where I'm at. Sorry. Um, but we got to be careful when we start serving our own visions. We got to be careful not to make idols out of, out of these things in our life. Um, and sometimes we, we, when we start making idols, out of these visions, sometimes when we start making idols out of our kids or, or whatever it is in our life, sometimes we think that it's of God and God is nowhere in it. So, so we're sitting here and we're, we're worshiping God and all of a sudden we start worshiping these other idols that we think is perfectly fine because, you know, hey, it's ministry, you know, hey, it's family, hey, it's relationships, hey, you know, it, it's work, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting my family, but God is nowhere in it. And I'm going to, I'm going to read real quickly Exodus, um, Chapter 32 and verse 5. You know, when, when they started, in, in Exodus, when they started making these idols, um, they thought that it was of God. And uh, this is what Aaron says right here. Um, when Aaron thought that he was doing a good thing. He was making a golden idol, but he thought he was doing a good thing. In, 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 in verse 5 it says, Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. So Aaron's sitting here, he's building these, these golden idols that have, that have nothing to do with God, have nothing to do with the vision that God has called us. But he says here, tomorrow is going to be a festival to God. We're going to worship these idols in the name of God, basically. And God has nothing to do with it. God's nowhere in it. Um, I'm going to read, uh, or I'm not going to read, but it, it's important that we carry out the vision that God has called us. Um, it's important that we that we continue to follow that vision, um, even even in our older age, even 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 if we're you know on our deathbed and we feel like that that our vision is is complete, or we feel like that our vision is still small or insignificant. It's important that we that we um, complete and carry out that vision. And the reason why is because through scriptures, First Chronicle. Uh, First Chronicles 22. I'm not going to read it, but um, 
kind of, I'll set you up for the story. David thinks that he's going to build a, 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 a tabernacle for the presence of God. He thinks that he's, he's brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. He's getting ready to build, you know, this, this temple for the presence of God and to, to dwell in. But David, but God tells David, David, you're not going to build this. I know, I know that you think this is part of your vision. I know that this, this, is, this is really what you want to do, but you're not going to do it. But who's going to do it is your son Solomon. You know, so I'm, I've, I've brought you to this point. I've, I've given you this vision for you to carry out for your, and your son that's coming behind you. He's the one that's going to finish this vision. So parents, it's important that we, that we, we continue to follow the vision. See, David, he got everything ready. All Solomon had to do was just step in and start building. David got everything ready. He got all the workers. He got all the finest materials. He got the, the location. He had brought the Ark of the Covenant back. He brought the presence of God back to Jerusalem. All Solomon had to do was step in and finish the vision. You know, so what happens if, if we as, as parents or we as leaders lose sight of the vision and lose that and, and quit following the vision of God and start worshiping our idols and start following our vision. The people that come behind us, the young generation that's coming behind us, maybe it's not our children, maybe we don't have children, but we have to leave a legacy for the generation to come because they have got to have a vision and we've got to teach them that vision. They've got to have somewhere to start. You know, we've got to leave them something. So it's important, even if we think that, that our vision is not important, even if we think that we'll never see the vision fulfilled, even if we have these big plans. You know, I might have big plans to, to lead worship to tens of thousands of people, and you know, that may happen. I don't know. But if it doesn't, I've got to continue to follow because I've got one coming up behind me that might. You know, she might lead the nations to Jesus. She might see the next out, the great outpouring of God's revival. Amen? So it's important that we leave a legacy for our, for our young people to follow. Um, the next part is how do we keep the vision? And uh, this part is so simple. Along, I think, probably with the rest of this. But um, we surround ourselves with people with like visions. When David, when he sent his men out to, to fight and he got alone by himself, that's when he sinned with Bathsheba. You know, when it's when we get alone or, or when we surround ourselves with people that don't have the same vision of, as, as us when we lose sight of that vision. Um, so if we want to keep the vision that God has, has given us, we surround ourselves with godly people. We surround ourselves with, with people with the same vision. We, we surround ourselves with people that have a vision to win lost souls. We surround ourselves with people that have the vision to see freedom restored. Amen. Um, you know, when I was when I was eighteen, or, or when I was, I guess, sixteen, seventeen, I uh, always I, I liked to be the popular kid. I loved hanging out with my friends, you know. And uh, I would see, I would come in on Sunday mornings, and I would get side of the vision that God had for my life. I would I would get a hold of that. I'd come down the altars, and I'd get a hold of that vision, and and then I'd go back out into the world, and I'd start hanging out with the people that have no part of that vision at all, and I would always lose sight of that vision, always. Always. So it's important that we surround ourselves. Teenagers, in the back, it's important that we surround ourselves with people with the same visions that God is giving us. Amen? It's important that we, that we shun the very appearance of evil. It's important that we don't hang out with those people that, 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 that do all the ungodly things. 
We're, we're called to reach those people. We're not called to hang out with those people. Because when we, when we hang out with those people, we will lose the vision that God's giving us. Um, Jesus had a vision to give his life uh, to the world. And this is how do we keep the vision. Jesus had a vision to give his life to the world. When God sent his son to the world to save that which was lost, he had that vision. And he was determined to reach the lost. He was determined to, to teach to the people that didn't know about him. He was determined to reach those who was lost. Do you think that along you know, that journey that his vision got blurry? There's no doubt. He knew that he was to die. You know, and he asked his father, he said, if you can let this cup pass, you know, let it pass. So he, he, no doubt that that vision got blurry. No doubt that, that, he, that he sometimes didn't want to fulfill that vision. But he had a vision, a vision. So what did he do? He fasted. He got alone with his father and he prayed. And uh, he knew the word because the word was in him. So what do we do when we, when we feel to keep that vision? What do we do when we feel that vision slipping away? We pray. Just like our, our associate pastor talked about earlier. We pray, we fast, and we read the word. The word was, was in Jesus. The word was God. So when, when Satan come to him and he tempted him and he, and he tried to make him lose sight of the vision that his father had given him, he resisted the devil. And he spoke word to the enemy and the enemy had to flee. So if we know the word of God and the word of God is in our hearts, that's all we have to do. Speak the word of God. Amen. We pray. We get alone with our father, with our heavenly father. We seek his face every single day, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, but we pray. And that's how we are going to continue to grow in our vision. Because I don't want anyone just to stay in one part of this vision, nor does God. But if we want to continue to grow, we continue to seek the face of God. We continue to to fast. We continue to, to be on our knees. Amen. Um, if we have sin in our lives, it's impossible to see what God has set before us. Um, sometimes we lose sight of the vision because of circumstances in our lives. Um, maybe we don't think God is moving fast enough. Uh, the Israelis, they lost sight of the vision because Moses was taking too long on, on the mountain. When he went to you know, pray and when he went to seek God, he was taking too long. So sometimes we feel like God is taking too long with our vision. God is taking too long to restore or, or to take us into the place that we think that God's supposed to take us to. So we lose sight of that. You know, we lose sight of, of where God is taking us because we feel like it's not happening fast enough. You know, or maybe circumstances in our lives. Maybe, maybe there's sin in our lives. If there's sin in our lives and if we're bound, there's no way that, that, that we can, can be in line with the vision that God has for us. So if there's sin in our lives tonight, we must come back to, to repentance. We must come back to the place where God has called us to. And uh, I, I, here in a little bit, just a, a few more topics, and, and we're going to talk about how to get back to the vision. It's so simple. But, um, and not all, not all distractions are, are sinful. Not all of them are, are, are a sin. Not all of them is going to send us to hell. Uh, you know, when I was preparing this lesson, I had a few distractions in my life, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to build a, a career and I'm trying to support, you know, my family. And, and at the same time, I'm trying to do what God has called me to do and, and be the husband that God has called me to be. So all these things in our life, it doesn't necessarily mean it's sin, but it's still distractions. The enemy will put distractions in our way. I like watching TV. I know my brother doesn't, but I like to watch TV. So sometimes I, w- I would be sitting on the couch and I'd be like preparing this word and I'd be praying. And all of a sudden I, I realized, oh, I got, I got a show that's TiVo'd. I, I want to watch it. You know, so these are distractions. That might not be sin. I don't think it's sin to watch TV. Um, it depends on what you're watching, but um, I don't think it's sin to watch TV. So 
But these are distractions. We have to be careful and we have to watch out for distractions because the enemy's sneaky. Even though it's always the same tricks, he's still sneaky. I mean, for me, as anyways, all you guys might have figured out. I don't know. But if you do, let me know. Because uh, sometimes it's hard to to keep away from um, the distractions. Through my entire life, I've had distractions. And um, when I was young, I liked to to hunt and I liked to fish and I liked to four-wheel. And uh, I know it's hard to believe I'm a hairstylist now, and I, 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 I like being in the city, I like shopping, I like, you know, hanging out with my wife, stuff like that. I don't really like to hunt anymore, I don't really like to, to fish, I like the four-wheel, but anyways, when I was young, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I was doing. Teenagers, listen to me. At, even at a young age, I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, I didn't even realize that the enemy was distracting me with these things. Like, I didn't even realize that, that you know, these are not sinful things, but... I wish that I would have learned at 13 that, you know, hunting is a distraction from being in the presence of God at times. You know, um, there would be times where I hadn't prayed, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't read my Bible for the day, but I was ready to go fishing. I was ready to go hunting. I was ready to go ride foraged, you know. So these are distractions. They might not be sinful things, but these are distractions in our life. So, so young people, be aware of those distractions. You know, be aware of those relationships. Be aware of, of, of the, the things that the enemy puts in your path that you don't think are sin and you don't see anything wrong with. But be aware of those distractions because God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has a vision for your life. And then when I was 18, I started dating Jessica. And uh, if we have any young adults in here tonight, I don't know if you're in a relationship or if you're, if you're not, Mike, you're young. Um, but uh, when, I, when I was 18, I started dating Jessica. And I loved her. so much. I love her so much. But, you know, I just fell head over heels for this girl. And uh, uh, I just fell for and you know this is this is at the time that i was really getting serious with god and and uh i think that god brought me jessica to help me out with that but this is at the time that i was really getting serious with god and um at times i all i wanted to do was hang out with her you know and so the most important person in my life that god brought me at the time was used as a distraction by the enemy God brought her to me to bring me out of the stuff that I was in. But at times the enemy would still use her as a distraction for my life. So see how sneaky the enemy can be? You know, we think, all right, God, thank you for bringing me Jessica. You know, thank you for bringing me uh, Emily. Thank you for bringing me Gunner, you know. I'm sorry to to point you out. I just know that. So anyways. Thank you for bringing me this this person in my life. You know, thank you for this. And and at all, all at the same time, the enemy's like plotting how to how can how can I distract you from the vision that God has called you to by using you know this person that God has brought in your life. And then you know, um, six months ago, we have a little baby. You know, we get married and, and we start planning a wedding. There's another distraction. You know, we go on our honeymoon. There's another distraction. We start up a, a band called Set Free. There's another distraction. You know, and it's 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 all stuff that is biblical. It's all stuff that that God can use in a, in a big way. And uh, but it's distractions. You know, it can be used as distractions. And then we have a baby, and man, she's awesome. You know, it's I never thought that I could have. I never thought that I could be so happy. You know, from a little baby. But, you know, I, ta- I talked about it earlier. When, when kids come, we start, they, they become a distraction to getting into the presence of God. You know, uh, she's young right now, but as she gets older, you know, we got to, you know, do more things. You know, we got to keep her busy. And, and when she gets in school, you know, and all these things throughout her whole life, we've got to be on guard from the distractions that the enemy will use, you know, will, will take her 
and try to, and try, and try to distract us from, from the presence of God. So what that's telling me is I already know that when she's five years old, she's going to start school. I already know that when she's 13, there's a chance that she's going to want to play sports or do something. I already know that when she grows up and, she, and she's going to want to get married. I already see these distractions. So I've already got, got, a, got a plan to fight against those distractions. Amen? So I don't know if they're going to work. My mom's laughing at me. So we'll see. And the list goes on and on. These are just a few distractions in my life. You know, I don't know if this relates to anybody. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But we all have distractions in our lives. And uh, this is the real simple part of it all, uh, is getting back to the vision that God has given us. Um, Even if we lose the vision somewhere along the way, um, all we have to do is go back to what God to what God originally showed us. Um, Aaron in chapter 32, Aaron in Exodus chapter 32 and 22 Moses comes back down from the mountain and he realizes these guys have gone crazy and they've built um, idols and they're worshiping other gods. And Aaron goes to Moses and he says, these people are crazy. They persuaded me to do this, you know. And basically he repents to Moses. And what he does is he just gets right back there on, tra- on track and he gets right behind, right back behind Moses and he starts following the vision. It's that simple. If you have lost the vision tonight, if you're in a place where you feel like you're losing the vision, or or maybe you're in a place where you've never even got the true vision of God. Maybe you're in a place uh, where you've you've always followed your vision, and you've always followed what felt good for you, and you've always followed the idols that you have in your life, even though you think that you haven't. You know, maybe you're in that place tonight, and maybe you, you at one time had the vision of God, you know, and, uh, and you've lost it, or maybe you're on the verge of losing it. All we have to do is get back to the place where God first took us. All we have to do is get back to that vision that God first showed us. So we all know that we all have visions. We all know that we all have a vision and that's to seek the lost. Because Jesus told us that, that we are to be his hands and his feet. We are to do the things he did and even greater things than he did. So that's, that's one of our, the vision that God has for us. It's also freedom. And then sometimes God will take us to a a different part of a vision that he hasn't even showed you. So if you've lost the vision tonight, I just pray that God restores that. And uh, that's that's all I have. So I did pretty good. I've got two minutes left. So um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to dismiss in prayer. And I'm just going to pray a prayer over everybody here tonight. And uh, if you've lost the vision, I encourage you to find time tonight. Don't wait. Don't wait, church. Don't let grass grow to your feet. Don't go home and get another idol. You know, don't, don't wait to, to get back on track of the vision that God, you know, if we've lost it and we feel like we're helpless, if we lost it and we feel like we can't get back, it's, it's so simple. It's so simple. All we have to do is find God. God's waiting for us. All we have to do is go right back to where the vision started. God, I just come before you tonight, Lord, and and I'm so humbled, Father, by your presence that's in this place, God. Lord, I'm so humbled, Father God, for, uh, for, for where you have brought us tonight, Lord. I'm so humbled, Father God, for the word that you've given me, God, and to give into your people, Father. I pray, God, that this word that has been spoken tonight, Lord, I believe it's your word, Father. I believe it's your vision, God, for us, Lord. And I pray, God, that it would fall on fertile, fertile soil, God. And I pray, God, that it would grow, God, and that it would, it would grow in 
into something beautiful, Lord. I pray, God, that if there's anyone here tonight under the sound of my voice, God, whether they're young or whether they're old, Father God, no matter who they are, God, if, if they have lost sight of the vision, God, help us, God, get back to that place. God, restore the vision that you have for this body. Restore the vision that you have for these people, God. Restore the vision that you have for our marriages, God. Restore the vision that you have for our people, God. Restore the vision that you have, Father God, for our finances, Lord. Your will for us is good. Your will for us is perfect. Your vision for us is perfect, God. And your vision for your people, God, is for to, for us to prosper, Lord. So, God, I, I send these people out tonight, God. And, and I send them out, Father, into your presence, God. I send them out, Father God, to grow, Father. I send them out, Father God, to, to seek the, the lost, Father God, that, that need you, Lord Jesus. And God, I just pray that you would restore the vision to, to your people tonight, Lord. In your name we ask it. Amen.